Hello and welcome to a very special All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. It's our end of season review. We'll relive the highs and lows of this year's campaign. We'll also relive our predictions from the start of the season. And what I'll say is this, don't be taking betting advice from us. So forget about your Oscars and your Emmys and your Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. This is the award show that really matters. But before we pass out the much-coveted prizes, let's hear from Frankie Maguire. Frankie, how are you? I'll tell you what, George, I'm already plotting out where I'm going to be standing for Villa's open-top bus parade oh, next season. I know. My goodness, what what's happened? Go- what is going on? When did we become like a, a, a fashionable team for... Brazilian internationals and French internationals to join. Uh, Bubakar Kamara and Diego Carlos. Philip Coutinho already signed. We have attacked this summer um, yeah. some high-profile names, particularly the Kamara signing, who uh, he's uh, been heavily linked with so many big clubs and um, had a message from a Man United fan even saying he was hoping they'd sign him. So uh, I'm amazed we got him because I thought he was going to Atletico Madrid. And they're the two players' physical profile. They're skillful on the ball. Um, you know, I've been complaining for two years straight now that Villa don't physically match up to teams, particularly like West Ham. And I think we just get overrun sometimes to get a bit bullied. And mm. uh, these two signings are a going some way towards rectifying that issue, I think. So um, it's quite incredible how fast Villa have approached this. And kind of it's come out of nowhere as well. Like, you know, that you saw some wicked whispers, but didn't know it was happening, so. It seems to be, well, it seems to be our transfer policy, doesn't it, at the moment, that that we sort of sneak in and just very quickly announce these uh, announce these transfers. I mean, what 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 you don't want to do as a football club, I think, uh, is is the kind of, you know, these running sagas that, that tend yes. to afflict uh, other clubs. But we just we just go in and we do the business and we are, you know, very active and and, and at the start of the I mean, has, has, has the uh, has the transfer window even opened yet? Is it first of first of June? Right, is when you can officially mm. sign mm. players. So we so we're, we've already signed three players before the window's open. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is which is some impressive uh, impressive business. I think I think it clearly shows that you know we. I think Gerard probably resigned himself to the fact that we were going to be safe and going to finish in mid table. So he'd probably had already put. Uh, some irons in the fire uh, well ahead of uh, the end of May. So um, this is all that hard work behind the scenes uh, coming to fruition, isn't it? Which is, which is great. It's fantastic because you want, you want, you know, new players coming in as early as possible to bed into the the, the squad, to get to know other players, to get to, get to learn tactics and whatever. So it's, it's brilliant. It's really, really good news. I mean, Joanne Lang's so quiet. I just imagine he's in my, my room all the time. I look around like, (laughs) He could, he could be anywhere. He just does he things so anywhere. quietly. He could be on this podcast right now, just saying nothing, just grinning, doing that Yoan Lang <laughs> grin, uh, like some sort of like Batman villain or something. Like he's done something, he's <laughs> just the little grin. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's it's fascinating, yeah, to see Aston Villa pull it, sign, signing these two players. Partic- as I say, particularly Kamara, twenty-two years of age, just got his first French call-up. Um, absolutely. Amazing to get him, I think, particularly with how highly rated he is and seeing the reaction from high profile uh, European journalists about what Villa have done and what a coup it was. I think that's a great sign of what, to be honest, you know, Steven Gerrard, Perslow and Langer have managed to do, really. I think you do have to give them credit for that. Um, and 
you know, Carlos, 29 years of age. Some people might say too old, but at um, the same time, 26 million. I, I don't think that's going to kill us, really. Um, no. And he's a proven physical uh, ball-playing defender, probably what we need, really. And I dare say this probably isn't the end of it. And also, we're getting in quick. You know, we learned from what happened with Grealish last year when that just dragged on forever That's and ever. I mean, yeah. And then we had to sign players. I mean, we in fairness, we signed Buendia early on last year. But um, it felt like we kind of got a bit disrupted by that. And I don't think that's going to happen this summer. No, absolutely not. And, and it all builds up to a really, really exciting um, season next year, really, doesn't it? I mean, who mm. knows Who knows where this transfer window is going gonna, is gonna to lead us to? Obviously, with these players coming in, you'd expect over the next few weeks, um, uh, people people being shipped out as well. So, um, yeah, it's going to be really, really busy as we as we predicted, really, in the park this summer. What, well, George, well, George, what I've got to say is the Open Top Bus Parade. Where are you going to stand? Where in Birmingham are you going to be? I'll be on the bus. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they invite the All Villa No Villa podcast on. Uh, you'll, you'll you'll be driving it. I'll be on it. Yeah. Drop the trophy. Oh, all this compl- <laughs> all this complaining you did, lads, about no central defensive midfielder. We listen to you, and you're the reason. Yeah, can you imagine that? Perzo getting us on. I'll be like Grealish at the Man City um, <laughs> celebrations <laughs> yeah. this week with my Ye- my Jaeger bomb and my uh, my pint or whatever. Your little circular sunglasses just on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Walking onto the stage like a yeah. He was so Solihull with all that. He was so reminded me of like me when I was eighteen and Solihull. Rosie's rebranded and everyone going off the going crazy for it. That the Man City title celebrations was his equivalent of that. Um, yeah, uh, but I, I personally will stand near snobs just so I'm like, right, get to see the villa. We're all excited, all that, and then it's like, right, straight into the club to celebrate. Um, even though I don't think snobs is where I think it used to be now, I think it has moved, isn't it? So, yeah, it has, it has, it has, moved. it has moved. It is, that is, that is, that is a tragedy. Um, right. Well, I'll tell you what, let's 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 get stuck in. It's time we have a look back at this season, cast our minds back over the mm. last few months. And as we have said many times again on this podcast, it was a roller coaster. We expected a roller coaster and it was. We finished 14th in the Premier League at the end of all of it. And um, yeah, what did you make, Frankie? Was it a success? Was it a failure? Was it somewhere in between? I think it was always going to be a well, look. At the start, I listened back to our podcast at the start of the season and what we said, and I think we were actually quite accurate. Um, and it didn't take, you know, not that it took a genius to work out that Grealish, such a talismanic player, Villa recovering from that, leave, him leaving, was always going to be quite a big challenge. And um, signing a couple of players late in the transfer window was also going to be quite tough to deal with for them to settle in. It was always going to take players like Leon Bailey, Danny Ings, uh, Buendia, a while to just get used to a new style of player, a new club. Um, and we just felt we had to be patient. Unfortunately, by October, it just, you know, I, I think part of the problem was the ink signing left questions that both Dean Smith and Stephen Gerrard had to answer that I don't think anyone had a reasonable answer to. We tried different formations, 3-5-2, to fit in Ings and Watkins. And it there were moments where it worked. You know, we went on a three-game winning streak at the end of the season, you know, uh, in sort of March time with two strikers. And there were times late in the season where they worked better together. But from the majority of the season, I don't think that pairing quite worked. And I think it left us with a tactical quandary that I don't think either manager quite managed to solve. 
Um, so I think the squad was a bit imbalanced. The lack of a central defensive midfielder was a big issue. I think Marvellous Nakama getting injured quite early on for Steven Gerrard when he was in really good form was a big loss. I'm not saying we'd have you know finished top 10 or challenged for Europe if not Marvellous Nakamba hadn't got injured. But I think having him around would certainly have helped us in some games to have dealt with um, the coming storm of other teams. Not that it did against Man City, uh, but of course, um, you know, I'd say games like Brentford away, maybe something like that. Having marvelous there might have been more helpful. Um, mm. So I think I think overall the season was, um, if we're being fair, um, frustrating, very middling, um, and uh, I think the board themselves would consider it a failure. Ten points less than the season before, yeah. and um, you know the money spent, but at the same time, I think they're reasonable enough to know that like it was just. It was a bit of a unique year where when you've lost a player of such unique talent as Jack Grealish, a generational player that we I doubt we've ever seen such a naturally gifted footballer. There might be some who argue and say players like Cowens and Andy Gray and all that were. But personally, in my lifetime, I don't think I've seen a player of his natural ability come through at Villa. And I think we um, it was always going to be a tough transition. And uh, I think we saw that this season. Um, it's a shame we couldn't finish higher. I think it's frustrating we finished below Brentford, for instance. But um, ultimately, you know, 14th, uh, you, you know, fine, whatever. Um, we just have to, hopefully with Gerard, he talks a good game. Let's see him act on it next season. What do you think? Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a strange season, really. And I think you're absolutely right to... Uh, say that losing Jack Grealish absolutely um, destabilized us. As did you know the dismissal of Smith because yeah. both of, both of them um, had sort of they forged this quite special relationship, uh, and the team were really built around that. That kind of like the combination of the Villa uh, fan supporting player and the Villa fan manager, hmm. uh, and they were you know with us through. The really difficult moments in the championship when Smith took over, and you know, God knows, God knows what was going on with us at that time when we were sort of struggling in in the in the second tier, and then we went on that meteoric rise right at the end of that season in the championship to get into the playoffs. You know, get up to that incredible game against Derby County, um, and um, you know, the following season, the everything. God, it was it was it was in a weird way. I mean, it was it was sort of as exhausting as it was euphoric in, in many ways you, you think about the covid situation you think about that game against west ham you think about the the uh nyland goal that wasn't a goal against uh, sheffield united all that sort of stuff and it uh and it then you know again to the start of this season and so much so much promise even with Grealish going but it just it was a real it was a real hammer blow uh and we never really adapted to life after Grealish with Smith there we were changing formations you know we went to a back five yeah. and then it was a back four and Courtney Horse was coming in and taken out again you know personnel was was changing and um, as you say we didn't quite know certainly under Smith and, and and yeah under Gerard as well how to play Watkins and Ings together and ultimately that cost uh, that cost Smith his job and then Gerard comes in and then and then you're you know mid-season and 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 just you're trying to build a new a new system, uh, there's a new mentality. I mean, Smith and, and Gerard are two very different personalities. Um, so, you know, that would take some time for players to adjust and, and adapt to. So I think 
below 10th, as long as you don't get relegated, I'm kind of like, kind of whatever. I mean, 14th yeah. isn't great. I, I really, really would have wanted us to finish top half, but it is a bit of a whatever. I mean, but below the yeah. below the top 10 and below the European spots, it's just any, anyone can finish anywhere. I mean, Newcastle were in the relegation was it, we're in a relegation scrap for three quarters of the season and they went on a crazy run at the end and finished, you know, above us as well. So, um, so it's, uh, it's strange how seasons can develop and change. And, um, and to be honest, I think, I think we deserved 14th. We were so inconsistent. Yeah. Very inconsistent. But, but as, as I say that, that season's done by, by the end of it, I think we were kind of on the beach. I think to be honest, Gerard was because he was, he was already, as I, as I say, planning for next year, um, making those moves in the market to get players in early. And, and next year is his focus now. So it's a mm-hmm. full, you know, pre-season plus the rest building up to, to next year. And, um, and yeah, really, really looking forward to next year where I think we, we do genuinely need to target at least the top 10, at least with the players. Oh, that for sure. In. With the spending now, I think, I mean, I don't think Jared will be around if we finish bottom half next season. To no, be honest. I don't think so. No. no. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, also worth mentioning, you know, Dean Smith going, it was uh, it was a big moment, you know, spiritually, he made me feel a connection to Aston Villa I hadn't felt for a long time, if I'm honest. Um, and I think it's not that, you you know, you become less of a supporter or anything, but I think it's just that you be, you get a bit like um, weighed down by uh, the last decade of kind of terrible management under Randy Lerner, mm-hmm. consistently awful teams and players who you were just disgracing themselves in the relegation year. Um, and Dean Smith was a massive part in Villa refinding what we could be and should be and got us back up where we belonged, really. And I think forever he'll be a, a legend um, and widely beloved by the Villa fan base for, for the rest of time, really. Um, uh, yeah, so, yeah, just what I wanted to say that about Sadine. And um, as for Grealish... You know, um, I think time will be a healer in that one. I think a lot of people will disagree with me on that. You might be booed forever, but I just think as time goes by, I just think you will, you know, we've just got to get a go, get over it and ultimately remember the good times we did have when he was here. And one day, who knows, maybe you'll wander on back and uh, lift the Champions League trophy with Diego Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> Diego Carlos will be about 36 by then. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. <laughs> All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Now it is time for this. It's our second annual All Villa No Filler Awards, and I'm sure every Villa player will proudly display their trophies on their mantelpiece. So let's start off with a big one. It's the Player of the Season Award. Frankie, couple of standout players, I think you would mm. agree, but who in your mind deserves such a prestigious award? Well, I'm loving this Hollywood music that is playing right now. I feel oh, very yeah. much like I'm in there. Uh... Well, we're, mean, we're both wearing our tuxedos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we wore the red carpet. There were no photographers. Where, where were the photographers? Where were the cameramen? Yeah, I rolled out the red carpet. It's in my it's in my garden. I walked yeah. I walked down from the shed into the <laughs> kitchen where I am at the moment in my tuxedo. 
Um, oh. Yeah, no, no photographers, unfortunately. But um, but that's not to do, that's not to put any you know not diminishing the scale of this award ceremony. Thank you. Yeah, um, pretending you're on Jonathan Ross or uh, Gray Norton having an interview, like you know, <laughs> it was an amazing day out and all that. Yeah, um, player of the season for Aston Villa. Well, it was officially Jacob Ramsey as the player's player of the season, and it was Matty Cash as the supporter's player of the season. I veered towards the supporter's player of the season, and I think Matty Cash was the man for me. Jacob Ramsey was fantastic, went to a level that I'm not sure any of us really anticipated he'd go to. Looks like a player who could play for the very, very highest level football teams now, I think. Just his physicality, the way he runs and terrifies defenders, his interchange... Uh, and his discipline in defending, I think he's just got the lot, really. And if he's able to play further forward, I think there's teams where he scored a lot of goals. Um, you never know, form dips and goes up and down over time. Just look at Deli Alley, for instance. But Jacob Ramsey certainly has the attributes, I think, to go very, very far in football. Um, but I think for me, Matty Cash, just for his consistency, I think he was one of the few Premier League players to have started every game this season. Um, I think when he got called up for Poland... I think he went up a level. I think there's a le- yeah. certain level of confidence he got. Yeah. He's um, He was very solid defensively, I thought, all year. When I watched him live right back at the start of the season against Newcastle, he was they couldn't get past him at all. Um, and he was constantly getting back, winning the ball. And then when he'd get it, he'd make a nice pass. Um, and then I think where I criticise him, I think he's in the final third, his delivery was not great compared to, say, Luca Dina, who I think his delivery is fantastic. Um, but I think that improved as well. So when he was getting into the final third, he was getting more confident at taking on the final man. And he got quite often he was pulling the ball back into rather than just whipping it across. You know, it looks good, but it doesn't actually do anything. But pulling it back, it was creating more goals as well. Um, and he was one of the few players to really excel in the 3-5-2 as well. So um, I think overall, I think just for consistency and for improvement, um, Matty Cash, the man who looks like a... An elf hero from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> he is my man um, to take the all villa, no filler player of the season award. How do you think, George? Yes, I'm going to give my second vote of the evening to Matty Cash. I feel like we should do it Eurovision style. <laughs> sort of uh, <laughs> the big build up and say, Frankie, what a fantastic show that you've put on so far on <laughs> All Villa No Filler this season. Uh, what yeah. a great show it's been. And my 12 points go to Matty Cash. Yeah, uh, yeah I think, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, really. Consistency and uh, improvement are the two things that I think we, you should sort of level at uh, Cash this season. I think that that's what separates him from Ramsey. And, and that's not to say that Ramsey hasn't had an amazing season because, I mean, what an incredible breakout season he's he's had really as you mentioned in the first few games that he played he he, he was he was almost there but he, he just needed that he needed that goal as you as you um rightly said and as soon as he got his first Premier League goal it just gave him that uh encouragement and confidence to to go on and um and score uh and score uh score more and mm. um you know that goal against Norwich was was amazing in fact all his goals were were really really good this season Man United and the Arsenal goal away Really, really good, and um, and yeah, absolutely the sort of player we want to build the team around in years to come. But um, with Cash, uh, I think the change in formation uh, has really suited his game. He loves to get up the field and, and 
contribute. And I think that's what we said at the end of last season, I think of both Target and uh, Cash as it was last year, that they needed to um, influence things further at the pitch. And Cash has absolutely uh, done that. You know, he scored goals, you know, the goal against uh, Leeds, that great goal against Brighton as well away. Um, He's been fantastic. Um, And, you know, as you said, the call up to the the Poland squad, I think has given him a, a huge amount of, of confidence and belief. And it's, it's not easy, you know, like he doesn't speak Polish. Um, he's obviously very proud to represent them. And he's got, uh, I think his mum is, is Polish and, and uh, is, is very proud to, 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 to play for Poland as mm. part of his, his family and give them a sense of pride and also as much for himself, but to go, on international duty, not really speaking Polish and to try and embed into that international environment and, and do as well as he has. Obviously, Poland yeah. qualified for the World Cup late this year. I mean, it's amazing. It's 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 brilliant. So um yeah, I think I think Cash is is one of the first names on the team sheet, really. Oh, for um, sure. And and you don't normally say that about right back, you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, so yeah, I think for me as well, the yeah, player of the season, Matty Cash. What was it Jamie Carragher once said about Gary Neville? Nobody wants to be a Gary Neville. <laughs> when they're growing up, there's a lot of kids who want to be Matty Cash a bit. He, he's a he's got a I don't know, just got a very athletic approach to being a right back. Is yeah, he's and he's player. he's a bit of a cult. He's a cult figure, isn't he? I think mm. you know the whole Polish Cafu thing, and, and the and, way he um, smiles when he when he's he got a lovely scores. smile. He what just looks smile. like I, listen. I, I hope I'm sure he's listening to this podcast right now with a big old <laughs> smile on his face after getting <laughs> after getting two votes from uh, the Orville <laughs> and Ophilla boys. Can you imagine if any Villa player actually listens to this podcast? I, I, I well, yeah, get, get, in, get, get in touch. Matty, if you think that you deserve player of the season, do get in yeah. touch. Yeah, um, get your agents to know. get in touch with us. Yeah, that would be great. But yeah, no, Matty Cash, absolutely. I think, I think we both agree. Player of the season, Matty Cash. So then, moment of the season. I think we move on to now. The moment of the mm-hmm. season. A few moments, but which moment stands out for you, Frankie? Well, one was probably I was I was in the at the top. I had a fantastic view of Danny Ings's bicycle kick, which ended up being goal of the season against Newcastle. I was at the top of the Trinity Road, right in line with it. Um, great view, and I'm really happy. I was sort of privileged to witness that moment for his first goal at Villa Park. Um, but you know, a moment of the season for me, I think I'm going to go Jacob Ramsey's first goal against Arsenal. Now, that was a pretty terrible game from what I remember. The first half particularly, we were absolutely abject. Arsenal had worked out our 3-5-2. We just couldn't couldn't cope at all. But mm. Ramsey getting that goal, I think we'd been saying on this podcast, and I went back and checked that we hadn't, I hadn't dreamt it. We'd been saying for ages that Ramsey was showing signs of someone who, if he could just get a goal, that would be the moment for him where he believes, like, right, now I belong at this level. And his confidence would go up. And you, after that, we'd start to see more assists and more goals. And that's kind of exactly what happened. He got that goal, mm. which is a brilliant finish, top corner. And ever since, he's become like a bit of a talismanic midfielder, a really important player for Villa. He's a lifelong Villa fan as well, um, one of our own, a U-team player. So everybody, of course, loves to see that as well. Um, but he uh, he just he just grew very rapidly after that, I think that goal into a player who, um, you know, was willing to run at opposition defences, hence the Norwich goal. Um, some other brilliant finishes as well, United, West Ham, um, Leicester as well, I think he scored against. 
so uh, he um, no Leeds. Sorry, Leeds. He got a couple, didn't he? So uh, mm. I think the growth of Ramsey following that, to me, strikes me as that Arsenal goal was a key moment in his development. And for me as a Villa fan to see that, to see one of our own doing that, and to then you know witness him become the player that I think we believed he potentially could be, um, was really exciting. And I'm um, I don't know just. You know, you can sign all the players you want, as we currently seem to be doing. Um, you know, we've signed the real um, Roberto Carlos, Diego Carlos. It makes up for not getting Roberto all them years ago. Um, but I think there's always just something more spiritual, you know, more just makes you happier when you see someone, one of your own coming through and doing what Jacob Ramsey's doing. So I'm picking his goal against Arsenal as my moment of the season, which is probably a bit random, but yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great it was a great moment. I mean, a very very disappointing match. I think, yeah. I think I think that was part of the Dean Smith run, which ultimately led to his uh, dismissal, wasn't it? The sort of five, was it five game losing streak you went on? Yeah, um, yeah. So we we were we were poor in that match, but um, yeah, I mean, what a what a moment for him, and what a goal it was as well. I mean, it was a great finish, um, and yeah, it sort of sparked him for the rest of the season he didn't really look back so an amazing moment for sure my moment of the season was seeing Felipe Coutinho in an Aston Villa shirt score on his debut against Manchester United it was just a crazy moment um to 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 kind of like watch that all unfurl um and then it happened and I was like wow okay I mean this was a player who was arguably one of the world's best like three years ago um, you know, he's in Barcelona, the world's most expensive player, the most money. Yeah, it's, I think he, he was, he's he's still Barcelona's record transfer signing, isn't he? So, um, and I, I, I doubt they'll be spending that much money on anybody else anytime soon. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, for him to come to a club like us, and it just shows obviously the pulling power of Steven Gerrard, which is obviously still evident today. Um, it was, it was brilliant. And then it was the kind of, that was, then it, the debate started, didn't it? You know, which Coutinho are we, are we going to see? Are we going to see the Coutinho that's been flopping at Barcelona for the past couple of seasons? Or are we going to see the Coutinho once he get a, once he gets to run a games that will be like Liverpool Coutinho of uh, a few years ago? Um, and uh, and yeah, I think it was so important for him to get that goal because it just you know on your debut the pressure's on, everyone's there to see you. You get your goal and you can just you can just settle into the team then. And I think okay, there have been patches since he's joined where he's been a little bit inconsistent as has the rest of the side really but those glimpses of quality that he brings even in those games where, where we as a team don't perform very well mm. just unreal I mean you talk yeah. about Grealish being a you know a generational talent but what Coutinho can do with the football and his vision his skill is just it's, it's something I haven't seen at Villa Park genuinely um that that ability mm. and it's a delight and the fact you know we've got we've got Felipe Coutinho playing in the claret and blue of Aston Villa is is a is a just one of the biggest coups in our club's history. I think so. Uh, yeah, I think him coming to the Villa and that goal against United was was my was my moment of the season. Yeah, and it, to be honest, he's put in some of the best performances I've ever seen from a Villa player, particularly the one against I think it was Leeds, which is absolutely unbelievable. Um, but he has gone missing in other games, but uh, ultimately now he's a Villa player, seventeen million quid, unbelievable. Okay, so uh, we move on now to goal of the season. I mean, Frankie, you have touched on a certain Danny Ings uh, goal 
uh, earlier on in this uh, in this chat. Are you are you sticking with that as goal of the season, or anything well, else spring to mind? Well, Jacob Ramsey could have had his own yeah goal of the season competition. Every goal he scored seems to be absolutely quality. Particularly, I think the Norwich one. Um, Wendy's header against Everton was amazing. Oh, that was lovely. Yeah, lovely flick, little flick header, wasn't it? From from the smallest man on the pitch, or in probably in Goodison Park. Yeah, technically an extremely difficult skill to pull off. One, I don't think me and you, George, have pulled off in from corner kick routines yet. But I don't we, not yet. No, not we yet. We'll continue to practice, and we will yeah. we'll inform. We will film it in HD, 4K <laughs> camera, film the lot, slow mo, all of that. Um, let you know how it goes. Um, but uh, so that was a fantastic header. But I think Sani Ings' bicycle kick in it. It was very yeah. early doors in the season against Steve Bruce's Newcastle, um, pre takeover by one of the richest countries in the world. Um, but uh, it was just to be there to see it, to be in the perfect angle to see it. Um, a very special moment, one of the best goals mm. I've ever seen at Villa Park and a great way for him to introduce himself to the Villa Park faithful, really. Um, it would just, I mean, any bicycle kick is just technically absolutely fantastic skill. Yeah. Um, I've, I've and it was, it, it was really, it was really like on the money. It was no, I mean, obviously Wayne Rooney's goal against Man City was amazing, but yes, it was a little bit shinned, wasn't it, in terms of technique. Whereas, yeah. whereas Ings was, you know, like you know, right, right on the bit of the boot that you want to, you want to hit a bicycle kick, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, flew into the back of the net. No, because you, you don't see him very often, do you? Like, they no, they're not very common, and I can't no. recall seeing one in my life, to be honest. So, to to witness that. It was from it was from the period of time where Austin McPhee had instructed Matty Cash to just get a towel, rub the ball, yeah. <laughs> and lob it long into the box. That's and right. Tyra yeah. it on. It was very route one. It was very um, Sunday league, but it worked, and it led to one of the goals of the season in the Premier League. Full stop. So that's that's my Villa goal of the season. And I believe it was uh, awarded that by Aston Villa Football Club itself. But yeah, how about you? Do you agree? Uh, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. I can't really look beyond that. I mean, honourable mentions to Leon Bailey's goal against Everton, the one where he injured himself for six weeks after scoring it. You know, the, the, the one he sort of thumped into the back of the net. Hmm. Um, that was that was that was a nice nice finish. And also Callum Chambers's goal against Leeds. Oh yes, I really liked. I think it was because the camera was perfectly angled yeah. to kind of catch the curve of the ball. As it as it nestled into the back of the Leeds net, um, always helps when the camera's like on it, doesn't it? Yeah, and you yeah, know yeah, it's going in as well. You know, yes, you can see. It. Yeah, you can see it. You can see it happening. Yeah, it's, it was. Uh, yeah, that was that was lovely. Um, and always nice to to get a good result at Ellen Road. So um, yeah, definitely those those two were, were very good. But yeah, you can't really look past the the bicycle kick of Danny Ings against Newcastle. So yeah, I agree with that. Goal of the season. Danny Ings. So, after all the positives of the previous three questions, we move on to biggest disappointment. Oh. Frankie, what is the biggest disappointment for you this season? Well, where to start? Um, <laughs> finishing 14th, that's pretty disappointing considering yeah. we were, you know, dreaming of uh, a top half challenge. And um, there are a few things that were disappointing. I think Leon Bailey's in and out form this season. Uh, I'd say he hasn't really worked. A bit unlucky because he got injured a, a fair bit. And also then a new manager whose style he didn't quite seem to suit. But 
never know. We'll see what happens this summer if he stays and if he does. Uh, you know, he's still young, still got plenty of time to, to prove himself at Villa. And uh, we'll see where he goes next year. But um, my biggest disappointment, I think, is just the Dean Smith going. I think that was a moment for me that, as I said earlier, you know, he had such a spiritual connection to the club and had revitalised my passion for Villa in a way. You know, your passion never goes, but, you know, ebbs and flows, doesn't it? And I think he helped it flow better than it had in recent years. Um, mm. And he was just a very special character for Villa. And uh, I think seeing him go and knowing after five losses in a row, feeling that it probably was the right time, um, mm. that was that was hard to, to witness, I think. Um, I think if he'd stayed, you know, I think we would have been fine. Ultimately, I think we still we'll probably would have finished quite similar to where we did um, when, when he, where we did at the end of the season, but at the end of the day, you can also understand why the board felt it was a bit more of a risk after those all those losses. So um, unfortunately, I think I've got to say Dean Smith leaving the Villa that probably that was probably the disappointment. I think. How about you? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're very much on the same page with all this, Frankie. Um, right. I would, uh, yeah, I'd agree. I, I think, I think because as I mentioned earlier, it was it really marked the end of that era, wasn't it? Because Grealish had gone in the summer. And then Smith had, um, you know, got off to an okay start, as I recall. And then we got that really good win away at Old Trafford. And then as soon as, as, soon as that happened, for, for whatever reason, we just sort of fell off a cliff in terms of our form. And, and Smith could never, he just, he just couldn't, I mean, he had five games, obviously, mm. which we lost. And in those five games, he could never quite make it work. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, the disappointment in the, the players' voices after that defeat against Southampton, which proved to be Smith's last game in charge, where I think deep down they knew that Smith's time was probably up. Yeah, you could see it on the faces, I, couldn't you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, obviously, you know, they they know how football works better than we do. I I was always quite keen to give Smith a bit more time just because of the the, the man he is and what he achieved with us. I mean, you always want to give someone they've built up a bit of credit, you know what I mean? Because yeah. of their achievements. So like even in a sticky spell, I, I was always prepared to give him more time than perhaps I'd give other man- managers. Um, but, you know, football is football these days. And um, clearly, um, you know, the board had made their decision to to get rid. And to be honest, perhaps Gerard was always in the forefront of their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, Perslow, obviously having worked with Gerard at Liverpool before, perhaps he'd had a word with the owners and said, listen, I think we can get Stevie in uh, if um, if we um, if we dispense with uh, with Dean, mm. um, and so and so it and so that's what happened. And um, you know, there's no way with Dean Smith there we would have been able to attract the caliber of players that we have been able to attract. Um, as we say, the players the players say it themselves in their in their you know first interviews at the club. They always say, "I've spoken to Stephen Gerrard, and he's a huge factor as to why I'm I'm joining Aston Villa." So. Um, you know, clearly he's the draw, and clearly I, I do think if we want to go to that next level, Gerard is the type of manager that we probably need to bring in those players and 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 and, and you know push for that the top end of the Premier League. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, we we all, we all love Dino and everything he achieved with us. So so as we saw when when Norwich came to Villa Park at the end of the end of the season, he got an amazing reception. You know, all the mm. Villa fans love him. So 
no animosity there whatsoever but yeah it was it was disappointing to know that 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 era um the kind of Grealish Smith era which had brought us so much joy over the past mm. three years had, had come to an end so yeah that's that's the biggest disappointment for me So those were the All Villa No Filler Awards. If you agree with all of our decisions, you can let us know by getting in touch on allvillanofiller at gmail.com or if you disagree, you can also get in touch with us on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Welcome back and oh, it's time for us to look back on our predictions from the start of the season. Now, what can I say, George? If our listeners like to gamble and if they fancy a flutter, well, they shouldn't take advice off us because in the words of critically acclaimed musician Stormzy, you ain't got a clue. Let's be honest. Now, Now, I shouldn't be too harsh, as we actually were pretty accurate with our assessment of Villa at the time. I said the Ings signing would uh, throw our formation at a loop and it would take the team quite a while to find an identity. Um, Unfortunately, we never quite did. So that's Mm. Dean Smith, Stephen Gerrard and Frankie Maguire all struggling to find out (laughs) what to do with this first 11. So I'm for once in good company. (laughs) 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 No, 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 it's all intended. Um, And uh, to be fair, you had similar thoughts as well. You said we didn't have enough to get to Europe. And you also thought I was being too optimistic about Carney Chukwameka this season. Mm. Plus, you warned that Louis Barry's uh, low move to Ipswich was not a good idea because Ipswich had signed too many forwards. Too many strikers, yes. I think that's impressive. Right. It's impressive that you saw that and that Aston Villa should sign you as the new loan manager. At least <laughs> assistant to Milay Ednak. Like uh, Gareth Keenan in the office, assistant to the regional manager. You can be assistant to the regional loan manager. Um, so uh, uh, you also said Villa needed a uh, physical centre midfielder and you suggested Sander Bird from Sheffield United. I don't think he's lit the world on fire in the Championship. No. So <laughs> uh, maybe... Don't maybe not be Johan Langer's assistant, but you can stay the loan manager. I think I think I think Kamara is a slight upgrade on on Burge, to be honest. Yes, yes. But anyway, we look now at what we predicted. So, top scorer, George, you said Ollie Watkins, and yes. you predicted seventeen goals. What that do you say was, about that? Yes. Well, I think off the back of his performances the season before, I thought he was kind of part of this upward curve hmm. and I didn't anticipate how much the Ing signing would disrupt him this season. I yeah. mean, he scored, how many How many goals has he scored? 11, 11. this season? So, you know... Right, okay. Well, fine. Um, yeah, well, I mean, it'll be interesting with Watkins, won't it, next year? Um, you know, if we sign another forward, where does he fit in then? I don't know. Um but yeah, I mean, he was top scorer, so we'll, we yes. we shall we That's shall true. you know leave, leave it at that. We'll leave yes. it. Yes, he got eleven goals, and um, yes, I think you're, you're you're fair to say. I think Watkins could score seventeen goals with some of the chances he gets. Yeah, um, he probably he himself has said he needs to be more clinical. I think that's a fair self criticism that he has. Uh, I went with Danny Ings. I said he'd score fifteen goals. 
Um, couldn't quite work out what his late signing meant, but I just went for him and thought maybe he'll start every game. Um, that's not what happened. Um, so, George, you were correct. I was Wee. not. Our breakout star. George, you went with Emmy Buendia. Yeah, I think maybe the uh, the description of breakout star should have been clarified, perhaps. Because um, <laughs> uh, in my mind, in my, I know, I in my in my mind, I was thinking, okay, well, you know, someone who's kind of new, uh, but 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 yeah, I think in hindsight, it probably should have been you know a youth prospect who was gonna who was gonna make it. To be honest, I probably would have said Carney as well. I, I did not foresee Jacob Ramsey having the season that he had. Mm. Um, I would have just expected him to maybe start a couple of games, get a few games off the bench and probably go out on loan. But yeah, for him to for him to really be the breakout star was was um amazing. But you know, Buendia he did he did have he had a bit of a patchy season, but certainly towards the end. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah, he really grew into it, didn't he? And we everyone was clamoring for him to start when they so he, mm-hmm. he he was he was in exceptional form towards the end of the season. So hopefully that continues for next year. Yeah, I showed I thought he showed signs that he could be one of Villa's main men, to be honest, towards the end of the yeah. season. Um yeah, but it, totally. yeah, I, but yeah, Jacob Ramsey obviously won that award. Uh, I went with Carnie Chukwameka. Um George, you argued it was a season too early for him. Um I think it I don't know if it was. I just think this contract situation has just been such a cloud over him that he's not played as many mm. games as he could have done had he just yeah. signed a contract. And he'd probably yeah. be further ahead in his development if because he would have played more games mm. if this cloud wasn't hanging over us. So we'll see where that one goes. I really don't know with that. Um, but uh, I think both of us thought Jacob Ramsey would do well. But uh, yeah, Ramsey... Um, I thought the previous season he was the breakout star. So, uh, mm. yeah, maybe maybe I need to rethink that one next season. Um, player of the season. George, you went with Ollie Watkins. You said he's yeah. an absolute nuisance. Yeah. I mean, he has been a nuisance this season, but mainly because he hasn't been scoring enough goals. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Again, patchy. I mean, the thing is, we finished fourteenth, so it, so everybody mm. in the squad was a little bit patchy this this season. Um, yeah. the, he's definitely a very very good player. He's just got he's just got elements of his game that he obviously needs to work on, and uh, and he's and needs to find a formation or Gerard needs to find a formation that really accommodates his best attributes because I think I do think there is a seventeen goal a season player in there. Yeah, I, I do. I, I genuinely think so. But um, yeah, it just needs a bit of work and maybe just a bit of work on his confidence i think maybe his confidence has hit taken a bit of a knock this year so you know um he's got he's, you know it's it's the it's the it's the world cup in november so i'm mm. sure he'll want a really good start to next season because he'll yeah. be eyeing a, a place on the flight to qatar so uh we'll, we'll hopefully you know next season he'll he'll get off get off to a flyer and, and carry on yep oh he's a quality player just needs to iron out a couple of flaws i think i went with esri concert mm. And considering Edric Godzer had been so good the previous season and he started yeah. well, but I don't know, just faded Disappointing, off. Disappointing, isn't it? I mean, you know, if you go back to your earlier question of biggest disappointment, I could, you could, there is a case to say Edric Godzer's form yeah. has been, uh, consider, it's, it's basically, compa- you know, comparing to how good he was last year, as you say, mm. like, he's really sort of fallen off a, a mini a mini cliff yeah it's in previous months he's not been at his highs so all players go through dips in form and i'm sure he'll be back i mean look jamie carrigan dedicated a whole section to him on monday night football last season 
the previous season. So mm-hmm. um, he clearly has something. Um, he just, uh, whether it was, I don't know, just a few things didn't quite go from this year, but we shall see how he does next season. Um, exact position. Mm. George, you went with ninth. Yeah, as I recall, I was uh, umming and ahhing between ninth and tenth. Yes. Um, and I went with ninth. So, um, so yeah, I did think we'd finish in the top half. And we could have, you know, it, it, we, we had a chance up to the last day of the season, obviously, to, to try and scrape up there. But, um, yeah, it didn't, didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I tried to be optimistic. Went with eighth. Um, I think, yeah, um, could see why I did that. But in the end, it wasn't to be. 14th, the race for 14th place, we were firmly <laughs> ensconced in. Um Right, and now we move away from Villa. And I said, I asked you, who will win the league? And George, you went with Manchester City. Yep. Yeah, you, you threw it on black and it turned out black. On the <laughs> table. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I went with Chelsea. Yeah, looks a bit. I weird mean, you could now. see you could you could see why. I mean, I mean, at that time they'd made some some signings like Lukaku. I think I think was about to join. Well, they and just they, won and, the Champions and League. Won, won the Champions League. You know, Tuchel was there and, and doing his doing his thing. And mm. uh, yeah, they've had a bit of a strange. Se- I mean, God, I mean, they've had a crazy season with really with the whole Abramovich situation. But um, and Lukaku's form. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, they've had a lot of distractions, haven't they? But um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean Man City, Man City, aren't they? I think, I think I said, I said, maybe I said something like bringing in Grealish would be a big deal. I mean, it was they didn't need, they didn't really need him. That's the funny thing. Um, but yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. I think over, overall, best. Yeah, they were the best team for sure. And I look forward to seeing them strolls the title again next year with Erling Haaland. <laughs> um, yep. Top four, George, you predicted City first, Chelsea mm-hmm. second. Manchester United third Sheesh. and yeah. Liverpool fourth. Any yeah. thoughts? Well, I think Liverpool had had such a bad season. I yeah. didn't really take people it forget account. this. People forget. Yes, this. but they had. They also had horrendous injuries that year, and so mm. actually, for them to finish fourth that season was was credit to Klopp for getting the most out. I mean, they were playing. God, they had some really awful players <laughs> that were playing quite yeah. regularly, uh, and um, and yeah, to, to finish fourth, and uh, it was Alison Becker's header, wasn't it? Against West Brom, against West Brom, that, that sealed it. So I mean, and, what a and now they're in the final of the Champions League. Yes, so clearly Van Dijk coming back. I, I Van Dijk is a is a world class player. Who knew that him being back in the squad would make such a difference? We didn't. Um, <laughs> we didn't. Um, so yeah, that was that was a bad move. And God, United predicting United finishing wow. the third. Well, to, be, to be honest, they came it came second the season before. Yeah, yeah. Signed yeah. Ronaldo. You think, well, yeah. Top four should be a given, really. But poisonous atmosphere at that club, isn't it? Yeah, what a it's mess. like a it's like a high end Sunderland. You know, when Sunderland were in a really bad way. And it felt like yeah. everyone who went there as a manager or player, it just was like a graveyard. Yeah, totally. United feels like a well-paid version of that at the moment. Just Jaden Sancho going there and you're like, what's going on? Um, so, yes, mm. I, 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 to be honest, I put United third as well. I had Chelsea first, Man City second, United third. And um, I went left field. I tried to justify myself. I said, oh, I think Leicester will finally make the breakthrough into the top four after knocking on the door two seasons straight. And yeah. they didn't. 
They uh, no. they fell away. Um, and I didn't even have Liverpool in my top four. And uh, I'm now ashamed of it. Uh, relegation. George, you went with Palace, Burnley uh, and Watford. Hey, two out of three ain't bad. And I think the Palace, we, I think we just assumed that, you know, new manager, young players, um, you know, Hodgson didn't, you know, they didn't finish that high under Hodgson previously. So I think mm. we just assumed that it was going to be a bit of a car crash. But fair play to Vieri. Vier- oh, yeah, right. Yeah, um, yeah you, got, you got them play really well. Finally, the FA Cup and and all that. So, um, uh, not semi. Sorry, semi final of the FA Cup. So, mm. yeah, good. Um, yeah, they had a good good little season to be fair to Palace. But uh, yeah, Burnley and Watford. Happy with that. And full credit for calling Burnley. That was uh, that's, that's, that wasn't an easy shout, and you did it. But I went with Norwich, the most relegated team of all time. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't say Norwich. Yeah. <laughs> Watford, and I went to Southampton. Yeah. The end of the season previous, they'd been terrible. And the end of this season, they were terrible. So yeah. um, they seem to be a team of patterns. Uh, they just seem to get enough points and then just are terrible. Uh, but no, Southampton State. Player of the season, George, you said, can I be boring? And he went with Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Uh, well done for being boring. Um, you did then try and change your mind and say Kai Havertz. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, well, you know, well, I, 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 I just, I, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be, I just didn't want to be boring, Frankie. That's, 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 that's just not who I am. So, um, I did change my mind. Well, you know, Mark Lawrence and he's like, ah, oh, George, you're very boring, you know. Um, no, I went with Romelu Lukaku. I thought he, wow, after his yeah. two years at Inter, he'd been absolutely fantastic. I thought coming back to Chelsea, he'd be on it, and he did to start with, and then just wasn't. Don't know. Yeah. Um, season. But George, you were correct with Kevin De Bruyne. Young player to watch. We both went with Harvey Elliott at Liverpool. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, he had shown so much promise. But was, was this before or after that injury? It was before. Suffered? Right. That was it. Yeah. Because he got, a, he got that really nasty injury, didn't he, against Leeds? I think we made a good call because early in the season, he was starting for Liverpool. Yeah. And then yeah, he got yeah, he that was, horrendous yeah. injury at Leeds. And, um, was it was kind of out for the rest of the season and uh he did feature a bit towards the end but um i'm glad that he's okay because he's such a talented player um hopefully he never does it against villa but uh yes i think i think i don't think we're too far out on it but in the end you'd probably say conor gallagher yeah i think so or yeah phil foden um yeah, yeah Take a ramsey think- Nicky Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, we, we, I think, I think that's just one of those unfortunate things you can never account for injuries, can you? So, um, so that's what befell unfortunate Harvey Elliott. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, Phil Foden, we probably could have guessed and, you know, what, what another amazing season he's had at Man City. So, mm. yeah. All right. Now, only two more to go. First manager sacked. Now, I thought this was the easiest answer of all time. Because I went, <laughs> yeah. whoever's managing Watford. And yeah. guess what? Shisko, <laughs> yep. the Watford manager, was the first manager sat this season. And that really worked out well for them, didn't it? Again. Every time I heard his name, I just had Thong Song in my head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, again, I, it's one of those things. I, I should have I should have just thought, yes, obviously, obviously anyone managing Watford. But I said Ralph Hassan at all. Um, and yeah. You know, I think there were periods in the season where he might have gone, but um, yep. 
Right. Uh, yep. Watford is the club to watch for sackings. Yes, uh, that, answer, that answer won't be as easy next season because guess what? They've been relegated again. Uh, now, yeah. our final prediction was on crazy incident that will happen this season. George, you sort of said Brentford potentially challenging for Europe. And you said that could they might do a Sheffield United. I think you're semi-right. I think Brentford probably yeah. overachieved what a lot of people expected. Um, and, you know, finished it above Aston Villa. Yeah, that's what they did. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think, I, I, think that, I think it's all right, what you said. I think that's, that, oh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's legitimate. Um, I mean, yeah, I think I was really struggling to think of, of anything crazier than Brentford just having a decent season. Yeah, and that's that's the boring me coming back out again. Well, um, but I did I did like I did like your crazy incident that you said well, that was going to happen. Mine, mine, to be honest, wasn't far off. Like, yeah, it was sort of in the ballpark of what really happened. So yeah. I said the crazy incident would be that Birmingham City will rename St Andrews um, during a bad patch in the season. They'll rename it after Jude Bellingham and call it the Bellingham Bowl. <laughs> now, whilst Birmingham City didn't do that. What did happen is that they had to close down part of the stadium because it's mm. falling apart. Yeah. So um, I think that I think Birmingham City Stadium actually did kind of uh, feature in the crazy, incident, yeah, the mad, did. crazy stuff of this season. So uh, yeah, yeah. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, but that certainly is up there. That Bird Blues had to close down their rotting stadium. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Um, any other crazy moments? I mean, we had, we had a few of those sort of fan invasions, uh, which brought up a couple of stories, like Vieira oh, yeah. kicking out on that Everton fan, and um, oh yeah, Olsen getting thumped, you know, walking off against City. So uh, that was that was pretty crazy. But yeah, I don't know. It feels, it feels like it has been a bit of a mild season. Actually, no. What am I talking about? Abramovich leaving Chelsea. I think yeah, was one of the well, craziest get... incidents. Yeah, getting sanctioned and off he went. Wow. You yeah, know, only yeah, by yeah. Todd Bowley, and apparently they're not going to spend as much money as they did under Abramovich. Well, so yeah, well, yeah. Aston Villa, here we there. come. Yeah, exactly. Top four. There we go. So there we are. There we are. God, what a what a year it's been, Frankie. Have you enjoyed it? What a year it's been. I have enjoyed it indeed, and I look forward to next season even more. Yeah, me too. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed your company. What a podcast. What a season. What a club. Mess Caitlin Club. Right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, George Zielinski. Frankie, I will see you later to discuss how things develop at the Villa over the summer. We'll try and bring you... Um, uh, some some material on on any new transfers that we bring in. I think we've got a couple of featurey program ideas as well. So lots of interesting stuff happening on the podcast over the next uh, few weeks. I should hope. Yep, yeah, and look out for some other surprises too. Yes, yes, mm. lots of exciting things happening. Wink, wink, nudge, That's- nudge. Yeah, lots of exciting things happening at AVNF Towers. <laughs> uh, well, and it's goodbye from from me too. As I said, we'll be back in the very near future to discuss transfers and all things Aston Villa. But until then, come on, Super Aston Villa. <laughs> <laughs>